say that one of the coolest things in doing this show, Gina, is the people that we get to hear from Absolutely. and, and the feedback that we get yes. and just hearing the, the one that still comes out to my mind is, I can't remember, I don't have the email up in front of me, but um, from a, a listener that she made a comment about how one of our shows, I think it was episode 18, where I talked about my tendency of, of hovering that I All would right. try and and it, how, how lame it is as a way to <laughs> yeah. initiate sex, to just kind of <laughs> hang around and let's see if she's available and, and shows any interest, so therefore I can make a move and not be rejected and blah, 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 blah. And, and she made the comment that her and her husband had listened to the show and loved that, that phrase of, she's right. like, that just nailed it because she was like, I do that. And now it's given mm-hmm. us a way to frame our conversation and it's made it go to a completely different level. And so I love the fact that we can steer people, you know, by sitting at some microphones, we can steer some people towards something much better in their life. I mean, that's just out- incredible to me. Yes, absolutely. And you're here listening to Sexy Marriage Radio and we're so glad you've tuned in. I'm Gina Paris, and Dr. Corey Allen's here at the microphone as well, and we are passionate about helping you build a marriage that's sizzling and sexy and sacred and everything good. So if we want to hear from you too, so feel free to jump yeah. on at uh, our website at sexymarriageradio.com or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, and you can also call us 615-567-3996 or as Gina Sultry likes to say, six one five fifty six sexy six. I could never remember if you just said the numbers. I can remember six one five fifty six sexy six. Well, that's the way. Different wirings, I guess. <laughs> well, speaking of different wirings, what, what you about got? Different wirings between men and women and their role, and you know this whole gender role idea. That's a great one because in marriage. We keep talking about the high, the idea of the differences between masculinity and femininity and the mm-hmm. and the yin and the yang of them in the sense that they both are necessary in my belief they're both necessary to create a marriage fully alive. You know they they right. are both vitally important that the masculine is present and the feminine is present. And that doesn't necessarily mean male female because I think it's we both believe there we encompass both of those characteristics if you will or energies but it is important to have those so that then leads into this conversation of is there a hierarchy between the two between the energies or the male and female? between the male and female let's just go with just gender oh okay husband with and w- with, wives with kind of roles husband. yeah i was reading um you know obviously in the marriage blogging world which is where i spend a lot of my time right. i get stuff on Twitter and email and comments on simple marriage and even from sexy marriage radio that, you know, I kind of follow some rabbit trails on what other people are writing and thinking and saying, and somebody had just, just today, I read something where they reposted the good, good wives role or something from 1955. Oh my gosh, I loved it. She said, this, this, my own post made me throw up. I said, I loved it. I think Paul needs to become that kind of wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it, it makes you start thinking about, okay, obviously times have changed. 
You know, there's yeah, there's there's funny. different status, there's different roles, there's different responsibilities, but there's still or is there still an importance to some sort of a particular structure in marriage and family that makes it operate at an optimum level? Yes, my opinions are not going to probably be the most popular among my feminist friends, but <laughs> I would say as much as I love to, you know, play hard and go hard in my business and all these other things, I think that if you were trying to have two heads, anything with two heads would be a little bit freakish. Okay. So the idea of two heads could also be uh, two leaders, two chiefs. Yeah. So, someone's got to be a chief. Someone's got to be an Indian. Chiefs. Or a chief miner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and let me, uh, since I posed the question, I do want to uh, go one little quick detour on the idea of for a family to operate at an optimum level, there mm-hmm. there has to be a structure. Mm-hmm. That the adults are the adults and the kids are the kids, and you don't, cl- you don't cloud that boundary. There's too many families where the kids have been parentified and pulled up into mm-hmm. the parental relationship i.e. then becoming parents and in charge of too much and they're not allowed to just be kids. And so they're forced to have to create, you know, grow faster, take on a role, take care of a parent, whatever. And I don't mean the, the severe issues where there's some sort of an illness or some sort of a mental something going on where there truly is a kid parenting a parent, you know, caring for a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about just in general that there's some there's some conversations that are just between the adults and the family. They're not the kids have no business being there. But I'm amazed at how many times kids are pulled up into that. Actually, I shouldn't be amazed because that's been going on for generations. But I mean, there's family theorists. There's a structural family theorist that that's that's the main thing he d- describes as his, as his approach of therapy, is it's just getting the structure right within the family, and getting the triangles mm-hmm. broken that are unhealthy. Because that would be like okay, let me get real quick just to give background on the whole idea of triangulation. Don't know if you're familiar with that term, Gina, but no. Okay. So Gina, let's just assume for a moment you and I are married to each other. Cause again, for our listeners, if you're new, we're not married <laughs> to each other. We have our own spouses and together have 40 plus years of, of marriage between us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but assume that you and I, for sake of this role play, we're married to each other and we had some sort of a conflict going on. And so you then pulled in one of our children to kind of take sides, but really to do more emotional support for you. Uh, right. That's that's a parentifying of a child. That's a triangulating a child. That's that's bringing into them, bringing them into a part of a system that they have no business being. I mean, the what what comes to my mind is a family that I worked with one time a while back, that they were in major major emotional upheaval because of his choice to sleep with some other women which obviously that's going to cause some problem for his wife. So as they were trying to work through it, you, you know, a typical standard is they'll separate in a sense of maybe move out or maybe just separate rooms. But he separated into his son's room and started sleeping in, in with his son all the time because it's comfortable, you know, it was comfortable and it was kind of an escape. And I mean, I can understand the reasons. I, I think of when I go with my four-year-old son, 
at night. You know, there's something so much fun in there with him because he's just mm-hmm. four and he's innocent, you know, <laughs> and, right. it, and it is an escape. But but it, in the long term, it's establishing a, a really bad relationship triangle. So one of the things that has to be done when on a family level is make sure the structure stays intact of the the issues between husband and wife stay between husband and wife. If a kid asks, you don't tell them the details. You just tell mm-hmm. them, yeah, we're working some stuff out. You know, you just, you kind of be generic. You don't, don't avoid it, but you, you just, you discuss it between, you know, in, in private, I guess you could say. Right. My, when I married my husband, he had come from a divorced family. And one thing he told me that he had so appreciated about his parents through the whole divorce is that they never, ever said hateful things about each other to the children. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, my mom and dad will always love each other. Right. He said, but there's just way too much, you know, there was another person involved in a whole created a separate marriage, you know, and um, he said, I just appreciate the way that they handled the conflict and, and that that's, I think that's going to always create strength in your family. Mm-hmm. There's times that I'll disagree with something Paul will say or a decision he'll make and it affects the children and the kids will get mad and try to come to me and be upset with dad and, and I'll always tell them, your dad loves you so much and I have learned to just trust him. Mm-hmm. And every time I trust him, it turns out all right. So I've, I'm not going to play your banjo on this yeah. sad and song there's, here. And there's so. also, because what they're trying to do is triangulate you into mm-hmm. their relationship with him. And yeah. so some of the, some of the, another phrase you could, that comes to my mind is you could say, that's between you and your father. I, yeah. I back him and we both yeah. love you, but you need to keep that between the two of you. I'm not involved. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just kind of an easy way to be a clear, a clear cut boundary. But then you get into a marriage relationship, a husband and mm-hmm. wife relationship. Then it's a little different. When you're talking, is there a hierarchy? Is there a structure for optimum achievement in marriage? You know, for for things to work at, you know, my phrase is for a marriage fully alive. Right. Is there certain roles or certain degrees that each person is expected to play? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there is. I th- I think there is too. I would say the husband is the head of the home. And you know that doesn't mean that like um smart wife's 1955 blog, you know, that when he comes home right. that I've done everything to make sure to never, you know, don't let don't let anything upset Paul who just got <laughs> home. It, you know. Yeah. Although Although I really did think I need a wife after I read that, you know, make yourself beautiful, make the house beautiful, have dinner ready, give them lots of space, make sure it's quiet, make sure that you feel great. Um, I, so I think that it just benefits from understanding that we're all, we're equal, but we're, there is a, there's an order to how we make decisions and. Yeah. Cause operate. I don't, I, I think this discussion is not about equality. Mm-mm. I think it's about uniqueness. Right. You know, that, that each person is unique and that each person plays a unique role in the relationship. And there there needs to be some sort of an established hierarchy 
that it, it largely it's unspoken. If you have any kind of a biblical right. upbringing, you know, usually it's the the husband is the head of the household, and that can be abused, that can be yeah. thrown about and misconstrued, and and cause a lot of damage. But the spirit of it still, I think, is important. That there has to be somebody that where you know the buck stops with with me or you know somebody that steps up and and I don't know if that's going to be on a universal re, with every topic in a relationship but I think with some okay. yeah it's going to be okay I know I'm looked to for this so therefore that's what I'll do this is what I think or this is what I think we should do you know yeah you know it's hard in a lot of ways to see it play out correctly in our culture because if you think about our media and we live, it's such a world of contrast. I think where men are concerned on one hand, in some ways it's a man's world, you know, so that's why we, I feel a lot of passion to equip women. But on the other hand, look at our college campuses where there's more women than mm -hmm. men predominantly in our, in our schools, the women outperform the men, um, all our sitcoms show that the man is a doofus and the wife is the beautiful, smart one. And it's, I, I think it's so, we give so many confusing messages to the men, you know, yeah. be tough, but don't be an ass, you know, be sensitive, but don't cry. Yeah. Um, take the lead, but don't be controlling. But don't tell me I, I what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now a lot of my girlfriends, they make a lot more money than their husbands do. So let's just talk about that a second. How does that play into the the whole role? Well, yeah, because things have changed. I mean, I'm in a situation where my wife is the major breadwinner and have mm -hmm. been for years. But the way it works in my relationship is it plays to our strengths because she okay. is a career woman. I mean, that's kind of the way she is wired. That's one of her strengths. She is exceptional at what she does. She's valued for what she does at her company. So, you know, that's that's an important role and it allows us as a family to to you know, it provides for us. But did, then did that never bother you? It did at first, sure. But I also knew when I was when I was in college mm -hmm. in my undergrad, I also knew, you know, hey, I'm heading into the ministry and I'm marrying a CPA cuz you know, we, Pam and I dated for four and a half years before we got married. So, uh, okay. We both had a, a quite a good, you know, quite a, a lot of knowledge of each other of what we wanted to do and kind of our strengths and where we were heading. And and I knew kids were going to be not in part of the picture because she's not the typical, oh, I just can't wait to have kids. You know, she loves yeah. them, but it's also she's mm -hmm. got dream, she's got dri a drive that's outside the right. home. And right. And so I knew going in, she's going to pass me. You know, I'm going in the ministry. Right. She's going into the CPA world. And so I knew she was going into industry where, mm -hmm. you know, CFO was not out of the question of some major corporation. I don't know if she ever wanted to go that high. But, right. you know, it's just one of those, okay, I, I had some time to prepare myself <laughs> for it. But even when it happened, it's, it's an identity hit to me. It's that I'm not right. providing for my family, you know. But then when you kind of, when I sat and, and, and filtered that and was rational and emotional about it and realized, okay, that's just the situation we're in. Let's, let's go to our strengths. And when I'm with the kids, 
I'm the one that's much more laid back, the much more <laughs> kind of fun and enjoying, you know, and, and, and it gives a great environment for them. And I think Pam would be great at that if that's what she did. But, right. you know, that's that's not one of her choices at this moment. So she's choosing to be as much as she can. And she does a great mm -hmm. job at that. But she's also got a career. So it plays to our, it really does play to our strengths. Oh, I love that. I love the way that you illustrate that, because I think a lot of people listening, the women would think, well, what are you saying? I'm supposed to stay home because I know when I got married and moved to Europe with my new husband and it took me out of a city and a state where everybody knew my name or had mm -hmm. speaking engagements all the time. And and I, I really had big visions of where I would go. And I moved to the backside of nowhere where even the cows didn't speak English. And I, my whole identity was really challenged. And every day, Paul was unhappy because the house wasn't clean enough. It was very, very hard for me. I mean, probably for years, I was so resentful of whatever these roles. Like, I specifically married a guy from Southern California because I knew they were not hung up on gender roles. I think <laughs> I told you when I went to college in Oklahoma. Right. If a guy said to me, hi, and I thought he was from the South, I, he just disappeared off my radar right. whatsoever because I thought, oh, God, Southern men are so into those gender roles, which that's my story. It's not the reality. Right. But um, – it was very, very hard for me, and it was hard for me then to respect. Uh, sometimes it was just really hard for me to respect him and, and to be happy and to feel like myself. So I want to talk about that some more, what these roles mean, if it doesn't mean that I have to stay home and have all of my value judged by how well I cook and clean. Right. Because I would get so, I'd say, why the heck do you need me? Why don't you just hire a maid and a hooker? And then you'd have everything you need. Why, who needs a wife? Right. So it was a big source of contention. So what's it mean, really? What's this whole headship mean? Well, the way I think of it is, um, I've been trying to think of the closest analogy for this. And it, the, the one that had come to is one I've seen in the blog world a couple different times. But it's, it's kind of that idea of it's a captain and a first officer relationship. Right. That they both are extremely important for the group of people they're responsible for, i.e. family. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, so if you look at Star Trek as the example, you know, for the Enterprise to, to really operate at an optimum level, they both play an important role. And they both acknowledge each other they both support each other they both challenge each other they are up front they're both fully capable to do it on their own but they they operate together and they kind of know that in some instances nope what i say this is what we're doing and it end right. of discussion and if it needs to be discussed more it's taken out out behind the scenes you know that's that idea of you got you got some family thing going on and you and your wife or you and your husband disagree, well, at some point, a decision's got to be made mm -hmm. on what you're going to do. And so somebody needs to step up and say, no, I think this is what we should do. And if you need to discuss it more, then you pull out from the family. And, you, you know, all disagreements are handled behind closed doors in that regard. You know, because they, they, you yeah. respect each other's authority and you never undercut each other's authority, which that's where the whole family system comes in that it's really easy for me to undercut my wife's authority 
with the kids by some little snide remark, some little smart aleck comment. They can come across as I'm not respecting her and her role with our family. But if I have a, a disagreement with the way she does something or handles something with the kids, well, then I can easily, hey, I want to just share you what I think mm-hmm. and and do it behind closed doors. And then she can acknowledge it and say, you, you, full, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, right. Okay, you're right. That is a weakness of mine. I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. And also to deal with each other really respectfully makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Part of, I think, the real peaceful, pretty peaceful, encouraging atmosphere we have in our house is because when the kids would be brutal to each other, oh, I would get so mad at them and ask them, how would you feel if your dad and I treated each other like that? Right. If you had to hear us fighting like that, don't, I'm telling you, think, picture it for a minute so you can feel it. How would you feel if we were always going at it, always fighting, saying mean stuff? hitting on each other you know beating each other yeah it would be a miserable house yeah and someday you're gonna have a spouse and you're not gonna always feel loving so practice with your siblings and i'd make them you know sit yeah. on the front porch till they could work stuff out <laughs> but <laughs> they were totally laughing well, about think it. about it though we we do that already mm-hmm. we delegate mm-hmm. stuff to our spouse already which is in a, in essence, an example of what we're talking about. It's a handing off of different roles. It's a calling, hey, can you stop and pick up milk on your way home? Mm-hmm. That's a delegating of a role. Because I can guarantee you, in every relationship, everybody has pretty defined roles. They just never sat down and defined what they are. It's just kind of what you do. It's what's important to you. And so you're the one that kind of steps up and makes sure it happens. You know, it's important that my family has food. So therefore, I will make sure I go by the store and buy food. Mm-hmm. And it could just be by, you know, process of elimination of, well, she hasn't stopped by. So I guess I need to. And so I'll do it. And, but <laughs> eventually somebody's going to do it. You know, so the the idea of, of it's it's not a hierarchy in the sense of authority. It's almost a it's a hierarchy in the sense of playing off of each other's uniqueness or strengths mm-hmm. and and acknowledging that and just saying, Hey, I need you to get by and pick up the kid today. Cause I've got the other one over here. You know, that's a delegating of things of, of power, of authority, of whatever, of roles. Well, sometimes women in a relationship are a lot more spiritually sensitive than maybe they view their husbands. I think we tend to be intuitive. Um, you'll see maybe in Bible studies or, or whatever at church, more women attracted to them than men in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes so spiritually women can feel like, Hey, you don't hear from God as clearly as I do. And the husband might even think that, you know, and making right. decisions, are we supposed to move here? Are we supposed to right. take this job or the stuff where they're, they really honestly want to even hear from God. And I think something that really helped me because here I had been, you know, a minister and all this stuff for years before I even got married, even though we were quite young and Paul had just really made a decision. And so I had to respect the office that I believed he stood in as my husband Mm -hmm. and as, as a leader and just trust that because, because he stood in that role that he would be equipped to make the right decisions Mm -hmm. and, and, to, to lift him up and see him how he could become, you know, not a 21 year old kid, right? but to see him really as, a powerful leader is 
I believe that's a huge reason well, that he really yeah, grew I th- into I that. think the spirit of this, the idea is that whoever it is that's the quote-unquote head of the house, which I tend mm-hmm. to think is the male. I think that's that's the way that we were wired to kind of step into that role more easily than women. Again, direct your emails to Gina at Sexy Mar- <laughs> No, um, but it, it is one of those that, it's not that whoever is the head just runs roughshod over everybody. That's not at all what we're talking about. Because I think the captain does take lots of input, lots of directing, lots of guidance from the first officer. You know, I, I, I value my wife's input on things. And I know she does me as well. And so there's times where you need to just step up and say, hey, what do you think? And then you filter all that and you come to a decision. And, and since we are, since we're talking about sexy marriage radio, let's apply this to sex. All right. If sex is going to happen in your marriage, somebody's got to step up and make it start. <laughs> you know, and that's typically the high desire partner is going to do that, which typically right. is going to be the male. It's not always, but typically. So if it's going to happen, somebody has to initiate it. But that doesn't mean. For an optimum marriage and a great sex life, that it for sure does not mean sex is always about me. I'm just going to run roughshod over my wife because she's not important. Absolutely not. You know, that's that's back to your If that's the case, I could just hire a hooker or head to bars and find people. Right, right. Because then sex would just be about me. Who cares about them? They're just women, whatever, you know, and, and they're just objectified. In a marriage, that's not at all the case. It shouldn't be the case anyway, <laughs> but it, it is one of those that in a marriage, that's a whole capable, valuable, important, beautiful soul that I get to spend my life with and share that kind of stuff with. For sure, I need to take into account her and what she wants and what she brings to the table and who she is and what and all that that is. So it's not at all about what's my way only. It's also, mm-hmm. hey, this is something I want to share. I'm leading us down that path, honey. Come on. It'll be fun. Yeah, because like we say how you do sex is how you do anything. And the beauty of sex is that simultaneous giving and receiving of such a deep pleasure and a deep connection. If we live our marriage that way, it, it's, you know, submit one to another out of reverence for God, really. It's, it's such a bigger more sizzling, more satisfying, mm-hmm. more sacred approach. So I, I well, fully agree. Well, even I as sex that, unfolds, there's a giver and a receiver <laughs> in, yeah, in almost every exactly. aspect of what we do. Right. You know, And that doesn't necessarily mean the woman is the receiver only because she has a vagina, so obviously that's the way it's designed for the receiving of the penis. No. The woman can step up and take charge of, of a sexual encounter. She can be as aggressive as a man easily if she wants to be. She can just be this whole, actually, I kind of like that idea. She could be this whole, man, I am going to just take you. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, but to, for it to actually work, the, the man then has to be willing to be comfortable in the receiving role, which some men myself included at times struggle with that wow really sure 
because then that's wow. that that's a it's a foreign aspect of my of my being, if you will. It's something I don't spend a lot of time in. The feminine mm-hmm. side of me, the side that's a little more receptive, that likes to be opened up, that likes to be pursued, that likes, you know, and that's a part of every guy, that's a part of every woman. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to brass tacks of do I want my wife to take charge and take me with her masculine energy for it to really work out well, I've got to be comfortable in my feminine just for the sake of discussion. And there's times when, no, I'm not comfortable in that because that's parts of me that are vulnerable. That's parts of me that I haven't maybe defined and and come to grips with and be comfortable with it at times. So I struggle. So therefore, oftentimes I'll just up my masculine to try to out-masculine her, which then can shut her down or shut the instant, you know, the episode down between us because then it's a fight and it's not a following the connection and an unfolding. Wow. It's so funny. And every couple is so different. And that's the beauty of, of sex and intimacy is, is playing that, uh, violin, that, that orchestra mm-hmm. that's your own love life. It's, mm-hmm. it's so special. Absolutely. Well, I think there's more men out there that that have this thing, same thing I'm describing, mm-hmm. than than are often willing to admit. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's well, where I, I mean, think of it this way. Here's here's what I've heard from readers before, and from clients before. the The husband is sitting there saying, "I wish she would initiate. I wish she would initiate. I wish she would initiate." But then they look back on their history of their relationship and the times that she did initiate, that were real overt. You know, that were the real, I, I'm interested in sex, but not to the point of I'm going to make sure it happens. It's just this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it. He turns her down. He doesn't come back to the room. You know, she comes walking out in a negligee, which is a pretty clear signal. And he's in the middle of watching football and he's really interested in the game. You know, so the timing, yeah, maybe could be a little better, but who, that doesn't matter. And he's, no, nah, I'm not interested. Oh, you know, he, he, he doesn't, well, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, because here it is, you've been pounded on lately to try to get your to up your initiation, and then when you finally do, you get rejected, which is only going to deepen that wound and, and lessen the likelihood you ever try it again. But there are so many relationships that I know of personally that that's happened. And so that's what we're talking wow. about is it's the guy not comfortable with his wife in her masculine in the sex arena. Because there's tremendous power. I would power. never consider walking out. I would never consider seducing my husband operating in the masculine. I've, I've, I don't see it that way. You don't? No, I okay. didn't know that's what that was. I thought well, that's I mean, going, hey, baby. Obviously, going, yeah. Well, obviously that's, that's a it, – it varies probably a, from situation to situation. So this is kind of a broad brush stroke that I'm talking about. But in essence – Somebody has to step up and take the lead for something to happen. And, and lots of times if you were to just say, hey, baby, you know, that's kind of a I'm going to step up and take the lead. But then I want to hand the reins back to you to take over from here forward. And then I'll take them back during part of it because I like doing this part during sex. So I'll take it there and then, then I'll give it back to you to finish things up. And, then, you know, that's part of the scripts we follow or script. <laughs> we follow with small variations here and there. So that it, it may not be full on I'm taking charge, but it's it's pseudo 
taking charge, which mm. sometimes guys got, you know, I got no problem with that. Cause that's still, I can determine and dictate how I want things to happen. But if I were to walk in and my wife say, baby, I got it all mapped out. <laughs> there would be a part of me that, that would have to, wow. Okay. I'd be excited about that. But then again, if I'm honest with myself, there's a part of me that's like, it's going to require more of me. Because it's unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's, I got to give over responsibility to somebody else. It's fun. New roles. It is fun. New goals. Same thing happens. Let's wrap it up with this. The same thing happens with gift giving. You know, if, if someone gives you a gift, or let me rephrase that. It's much easier for us to give a gift than it is to receive it. Most of the time. You think? I don't you know. Because um, you, you feel obligated. To, oh, I need to send a thank you card. Oh, I need to, you know, because, and that's part of that. It's, it's polite, yes. But it's also a, I'm not comfortable just receiving a compliment. That's one of my struggles. And I've had to really learn when I get a comp, when I get compliment on something, I used to always try to quantify it or justify it or rationalize it. Now I've had to learn to just say, thank you. I really appreciate and, and to be heartfelt with it. But there, that's what we're talking about here is it's hard to receive things in life because we're, it's not the way we're conditioned. But much easier just to give something. And in, and in family life and in marriage, there's always a give and take. There's a receive and a give. There's, it's back and forth. And the more you can be fully alive in your role in whatever situation it is or whatever topic it is, the more optimum your marriage is going to operate. I fully yeah. believe that. I agree. So bring in your best self. I, I love it all. I love receiving gifts, taking charge, <laughs> receiving love. I, we must be simple. We're pretty simple in our house. <laughs> well, simple is better. That's for sure. <laughs> We've been at it a long time. Yeah, and you've and you've learned your roles, and you figured out your strengths, and you figured out your weaknesses, and you know where where you each are in your wheelhouse. Yeah, week to week is different. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's because each of us changed, and so that falls back into that same old thing that we talk about probably every show. The person yep. you're responsible for is yourself, and bringing your best self to the party, because that's where the yeah. best stuff happens. Yeah. So go love on your mates. <laughs> Think of something new. Go find and them and, and give them a gift. Give a gift. And see what they do. And tell yourself I'm a generous giver and an excellent receiver. <laughs> you might need to practice that, Corey. Might need to. Hey, babe, when you're listening, <laughs> let's practice. This is Sexy Marriage Radio. Glad you joined us. See you next time. Bye-bye.